Mason and Ireland show. I'm John Ireland. Ramona's in for Mace. And, uh, man, I'll tell you. <laughs> Shohei Otani, I first heard about this dude, you know, six, seven years ago when everybody was going after him. And remember, Ramona, there was that uh, All-Star game, I think it was in San Diego a few years ago, uh-huh. where it was all about Otani. He was like the best hitter in the league at the mm-hmm. time, best pitcher in the time. He, he started the game as the All-Star game starting pitcher, and he hit leadoff. I mean, yeah. he was like the whole it's big awesome. deal. So I found out he got a whole bunch of money for making the All-Star. He was one of the like, bonus in his contract. He you know, got like, I don't know, $80,000 or $100,000, whatever he had written into his deal. And somebody, I have a friend of mine who works for the Angels, he gave all of his money that he got from making the All-Star game. And he was the main yeah. attraction. Yeah, he was. Right? He, it was the Shohei Otani All-Star game. And he took all that money and gave it to the Angels public relations oh, wow. staff who had to keep setting up interviews for him yeah. and keep telling people yes, no, and here's where to go. He just goes, look, I don't need this money. I make enough as it is. Yeah. You guys take it, split it up. Cool. And I thought, you know, what a good dude. That's cool. So, Tim Duncan used to do that. Right. So over the weekend, yeah. you may have seen this story that originally Joe Kelly – who has worn number 17 for the Dodgers the entire time he's pitched for him. Right before Shohei got his deal, Joe got a deal with the Dodgers, so he's coming back next year. And somebody said, hey, what would you want from Shohei to give up your number 17? He goes, I don't know. I'd have have to think about that. And his wife, her name is Ashley, took over. She goes, oh, no, no. If you can get him... And she took all the number 17 stuff and she put it out on their front lawn and did like a fake yard yeah. sale and wrote Otani on the back. She goes, nice. She goes, you're not going to be the reason that we don't get this guy. Yeah. And she leaned into it and yeah, she was really, perfect. really funny. So over the weekend, just unannounced, somebody knocks on the <laughs> Kelly's door. Uh-huh. Now, we've got the audio of it. It'll be a little hard to follow. But basically... Otani bought a Porsche and had it delivered oh, to wow. Ashley Kelly without ever telling her this is what it sounded like. Oh, uh, Mr. Kelly here. Yes? It's a Porsche right here. It's yours. What? Shohei. He wanted to gift you a Porsche. Shot? I swear. <laughs> he gave her a wow. Porsche. This dude just gets it. He, he knows he's making... $700 million, yeah. but first thing he does is he defers all the money so yeah. they can go use it to sign, you know, yeah. Yoshimura and all the other dudes that they want to sign. Yoshinobu. Nobu. That, is that his name? Like Nobu, like the restaurant? Y- Yamamoto, right? Y- it's Yoshi Yamamoto is his name, right? Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Yeah. Is that right? It? Is I think that right? They, yeah, they, they call him Yosh, right? Yeah. yeah. The So they also, there was also a thing on Shohei's uh, Instagram that he and Yamamoto went to Nobu. Right. <laughs> Who can play that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, for a guy that gets, I mean, he obviously is the number one attraction yeah. in the entire sport. He could be Barry Bonds and treat everybody like a jerk, but he does the opposite. Who sends a Porsche to Joe Kelly's wife just because she was nice about letting him have the number? It's almost. You know that how everyone was criticizing him. I think him I think because, Dodger fans are gonna love this dude. Yeah, like remember when he was getting criticized because he didn't want all the attention for his free agency. Like Buster only wrote a column about how it's bad for baseball not to have anything leak and it's bad for, and and I kind of and 
I had a couple of people write to me on Instagram and try to explain this mentality of like, I don't want to be a big deal. I don't want to be made into a story. I don't want to be, even though I know I am a story. Right. There's this sort of humble, there's a humility to him, even though he knows, obviously he knows how good he is. He knows he wants to be the best player ever, but there's a humility to him that um, it's very endearing because it, it feels, it feels authentic. It's not like put on, it's not like. You know, I remember when Jane, when uh, Joel and B got the MVP, and James Harden got him like a giant fancy watch. Right. And Embiid was like, "I've never worn a watch. <laughs> it's not really my thing, but that's really nice of you." Right. I mean, you know, like this feels super authentic from Shohei. It's, I don't. It's not. I know. It's 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 unbelievable, and and good for him. I mean, uh, because it's just as easy to be nice to people as it is to be yeah. a jerk. And he's, you can tell, this dude is like. All in on the whole on the whole deal, and and uh, and boy, can you imagine being Ashley Kelly and just wow. sitting there? You're gonna knock on your door, and somebody goes, "Hey, by the way, here's a Porsche." <laughs> crazy. All right, I wanted to ask you about this. Um, Steve Kerr is mad at the NBA refs. Mm-hmm. Um, Nikola Jokic in a game on Christmas Day against the Warriors got 18 free throws, and afterwards, here's what Steve Kerr said. I have no no problem with. Uh... The officials themselves, um, they're all across the league. We have really good officials. I have a problem with the way we're, we are um, legislating defense out of the game. That's what we're doing in the NBA. The way we're teaching the officials, we're just enabling players to BS their way to the foul line. Um, if I were a fan, I wouldn't have wanted to watch the second half of that game. It was disgusting. It was just, you know, just baiting baiting refs into calls, but the refs have to make those calls because that's how they're taught. So I have a real problem with the way we are, um, we've legislated defense out of the game in this league. And uh, the players are really smart in this league. And for, for over the last decade or so, uh, they've gotten smarter and smarter and they're just, um, they're just enabled. We have enabled the players and they are taking full advantage and it's a parade to the free throw line. And it's disgusting to watch. Thanks. I agree with him. I think there are too many free throws. I mean, he's probably going to get fined for all that. Yeah, he knew he was going to get fined for it. But <laughs> that's the I, Ramona. Nobody wants yeah. to watch free throws. No. I think that the NBA should adopt the college rule that you know in the NBA once you get your fifth team foul, then uh-huh. the other team goes into the bonus and shoots free throws every time you come in another foul. Yeah. Nobody wants to see no. that. Why not make it ten fouls? Yeah. And I then agree. you shoot free throws. Yeah. It, I mean, it's too many guy, free and, throws. and if you're going to come back at me with, well, then everybody's just going to foul. No, they won't because they could foul out. Yeah. Nobody's going to foul on purpose because they don't want to sit on the bench with a bunch of, you know, if you want to get into the foul out, I, I was, Phil Jackson used to say we should have a no foul out rule. Yeah. We're the only league in the world that takes the stars off the stage voluntarily. because And, and Mason won't go for it. He says, no, 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 it's part of the game. And, and no, I mean, you can you can legislate anything. Like, yeah. Look at baseball this year; they changed a whole bunch of rules, and it all made the game better. The NBA shoots too many free throws. Um, Steve's right, and it's hard to be an NBA ref. I know a lot of these guys. Yeah, it's a hard game to officiate. You can really call a foul on every play if you want to. The good refs don't; they manage the game. But why do you? Why are we increasing trips so, to the free throw line? It doesn't make any sense. What do you think? I actually had a conversation with Draymond Green about this very thing right before he got the indefinite suspension. Right. And, you know, people kind of knocked him for saying, like, I was just trying to flop. I'm really bad at flopping. Like, that's why I hit Nurkic in the face. And, 
you know, some of that I think is him, his explanation for it, it, you know, trying to flop is different than actually really connecting the way he did. But he's, he basically said like the only, the only way to get calls is to flail, is to, is to flop, is to, is to just, you know, be really good at drawing fouls. And so it's almost created this situation in the league where there's just certain players who are really good at drawing fouls, especially players of stature like Jokic. Um, they know how to sell them. They, they're very, the refs go play into it, especially when they are an MVP, two-time MVP like Jokic. Right. Um, the only good news, at least, at least Jokic makes his free throws. I mean, I, I have watched games. I remember when, the Clippers played the Rockets in a playoff series and DeAndre Jordan was on the Clippers and Dwight Howard was on the Rockets, right? And James Howard's on the Rockets, right? It was like, this series took years off my life. <laughs> like, I I was like, I can't watch this. This is awful to watch because it was just, they all went into hack a DJ and hack a Dwight. Right. And, and, and nobody just, wants to watch that. Nobody wants to watch that. And then James, James Harden obviously is a, our artist at drawing fouls. I mean, that was so much of his, so much of his scoring came at the foul line. I mean, that's, and also why they could play at the tempo they did because he always got them a rest. It's like a free timeout. So I think it's, it's the way the game has changed. Um, I grew up in the eighties and nineties. I prefer right, where that they would style. grab and hold yeah. and fight. And you know, when Kurt Rambis got taken down by Kevin McHale, yeah. that was a two-shot foul. I know. They didn't even call it technical on McHale, and he clotheslined him and almost yeah. took his head off. Um, and they obviously don't want another malice in the palace, but the alternative is not to add 50 free throws to every yeah, game. No. It, it, it's just it's making the game slow and stagnant, and it's no fun. Yeah. So, I mean, good refs manage the game. A referee friend of mine told me once, Shaquille O'Neal yeah. either committed a foul or got fouled on every single play. Correct. And they could call it, if they wanted to, on every single play. They didn't. They managed it. And they need to get back to managing things. They don't need to send Jokic to the free throw line 18 times. Steve Kerr is right. It's a little ironic that it comes from a guy who's who's Draymond's coach when Draymond just I said, I sell fouls with my arms. I know. Well, that doesn't allow you to choke people. I mean, he basically said, I'm really bad at selling fouls. That's why I hit Nurkic in the face. Right. That's his defense on it. And I think the NBA was just, I, we don't, you, you, you've lost the ability to have a defense. There's um, just been too many incidents with him. Do you think Draymond is coming back anytime soon, or does this drag on well into January, all maybe even into February? I'd say middle of January. Yeah, that feels right. I think he's being smart, not doing his podcast and not saying. Yeah, anything and, and I thought he was about to start and, doing his podcast too. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's playing it smart. Yeah. Well, they have the the best PR person in the NBA works for the Warriors. Right. So the, it's a guy named Raymond Ritter. He used to work for us. Years, yeah, years and years ago. But. I think this will end up being a good thing for Draymond. I think he's. I wrote a big story about him right right as this was happening. I had flown up there a couple of times to go talk to him, and right, he was Draymond's he was, a likable guy, isn't he's, he? He's he's very yeah. likable. He's very smart. Like when you talk to him, like I would finish talking to him, and I would I would almost kind of like I was like, wow, he is incredibly convincing. Like he is so compelling and smart. Like he he can. Like what I saw almost doesn't feel like reality anymore. Right, the way he explains it, and I think and, most fans have the wrong idea about him. They think he's yeah. some Neanderthal no, who doesn't get brilliant. it. He's actually one of the smartest guys in yeah, the league. Yeah, he's one of the smart. He's like out there. Like the only reason the Warriors, the the reason why the Warriors are so protective of him, are so loyal to him, is because he's a coach on the floor. Yep. Like he and Steve Kerr are together. 
in this thing. Like, as much as the Warriors are about the Splash Brothers and Steph Curry and Clay, it's Draymond who makes that all work. All right, coming up next, I want to ask you guys about NFL general managers and how all of them, all but one, missed something so obvious that I, I'm wondering if, if half of them shouldn't be fired. I, I don't get it. I've never gotten it, and I'm going to ask you to help me understand it when we come back. Mason in Ireland, Momo in for Mace, ESPN LA. All right, Mason in Ireland, Momo's in for Mace. And Ramona, I was watching that game last night. If you didn't see it, the Baltimore Ravens went into San Francisco and just leveled the 49ers. Unbelievable. I didn't see it coming. Nope. I put the 49ers at the top of my confidence pool and took it in the shorts. Oh. But a lot of other people did too, so yeah, it really didn't matter. Did. Uh, but Baltimore now looks like the best team in the NFL. Yep. And it got me to thinking. Okay. When Lamar Jackson won the Heisman Trophy at Louisville, so he was named yep. the best college football player in the country. He lasted until pick 31. So every team passed on him until he got to Baltimore. And then go back to the beginning of this season. He, he was available. He was available to any team that wanted him. Yeah. And they got no calls. So they settled and came up with a contract that worked for both sides. And now he's the favorite as of today to win his second John, MVP award. Can you imagine what, him with the Raiders? What in God's name uh, are these GMs looking at? I know. What, in what world? They all say they're so desperate for a quarterback and that the quarterback yeah. is the only thing that, Bob, I mean, you look at like the quarterback situations in New England. And you know where they they have in no they they have no quarterbacks. The Giants have yep. no quarterback. Um, you know there there's there's the Arizona. You know are apparently trying to break up with Kyler Murray. Yep. Um, it the Raiders. We don't have a quarterback. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, the I best know. quarterback in the NFL, MVP is sitting favorite. there for the second time. Yep. What am I missing? I think it's because he doesn't fit the box, right? Like there's I as somebody who I'm not a I don't fit boxes either. People don't see me as this TV person. Right. Right? I'm a writer, but I'm not a beat writer. I'm a radio host, but I'm not a but I'm not on every day. Like I kind of do my own thing. Yes. Sort of made my own lane and the people who like me You're like hard me. to categorize. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and in certain roles, I'm better than other roles, but I don't fit anyone's definition of like an like. Do you think of me in the same way you think of Woj? Sometimes, sort of. I think you wear a lot of different hats. Yeah, I wear a lot of hats. Like if you broke a story, it wouldn't surprise yeah, it's me. Like, but I don't have that persona like Woj does. Yeah. Woj is like Woj, right? right. He walks into the room and he's yeah. Woj, right? And like people, you know, he's like I'm, and he's serious. Like that, you know, I, I kind of make it my mission to get him to laugh sometimes when I'm on shows with him because he is. I know him personally, and he's very funny, and he has a great right. personality. But he doesn't but, let it out a lot. You're right. Yeah. And so, like when I'm on the radio, I'm Momo. I'm like a totally yeah. different person. When I'm on TV, I do the TV thing, and it's. I was talking to Joe Mazzula, the Celtics coach, about this. Yeah. He's um, 
He had this, this great quote the other day, and uh, I forget if it was the Globe or one of the papers back there. He was saying, like, you know, for a lot of his life, he had learned how not to care what other people thought about him. Like, you know, first you care a lot, then you learn not to care. And then all of a sudden you're the head coach of the Celtics and people are judging you because you're a rookie head coach and this is a huge job. And he was almost, like, afraid he couldn't be himself. Like, he's in press conferences and forward-facing things. And I said, and I, and I go, and he goes, now I'm finally kind of getting comfortable with it. Cause he goes, I realize like people want me to be something. They want me, they have this idea of who I should be, of what I should be, of how I should act. And I'm just not that. Mm-hmm. I, I can't really be myself. I don't know how to be myself, especially right. in this setting. And I go, Joe, have you ever done radio? Like, do you like to, he goes, yeah, I do a show with, um, Scott Koval. Yeah, they're, they, he's been on a few times, and he's actually very funny. He's really funny. It'd be yeah. like if you put Sean McVay on a show with, you know, some somebody he's really comfortable with, right? And they just they didn't they talked football, but they also talked life or whatever, and you know, it, it, and I think that's kind of what we're talking about with Lamar. He's he's not your typical quarterback. You have to design your system to accentuate his unique gifts. That's why people didn't want to draft him or trade for him because you have to build a team that fits him but he's but worth the, it but the team now right? is 12 and 3 right he's worth <laughs> it if you do right and nobody can defend him yeah and, and uh, so it, you know these gms that complain about how they don't get any breaks so they can't do anything yeah. where were you when lamar jackson was available twice i know you know and if for example the rams and the chargers don't really apply to this conversation because they both have established quarterbacks yeah but there's at least 10 teams in the league who don't yeah that are looking for a quarterback, I mean, Lamar and they could have had the Lamar perfect Jackson. Raider. Right. He's the perfect Raider. Yeah. Oh, my God. Sort of, uh, he would just, Vegas would love him. He's such a showman. He's yeah. so fun to watch. Like, he, he would have been perfect for them. But, I, you know, people have to appreciate. I mean, I, you know, I think with um, guys like him, he knows his value. He knows who what he is. That's why he stood firm. Remember, he didn't even have an agent. He represented himself. Yeah. That's part of the reason why I think he was undervalued is because he didn't play the game the way other people play it. Um, okay, I wanted to get your opinion on this in particular because you're a woman. Um, there's a. <laughs> I love I love this one. There is because a... this is the only world, like there's because I'm a woman I will have a different no okay go ahead do, do, do well here's why okay you'll understand okay. when I explain it. Zion Williamson oh. has been criticized. <laughs> okay. Left, right, and sideways about his yeah. weight. All right. There's a woman who he apparently had a thing with, then they broke up, and so she's been coming with him yeah. for every couple of years. So she did a very public Instagram post. And, and the question I want to ask you is- Oh, is this the same the same one? Yeah. Her name is Mariah Mills. She keeps oh, coming gosh. for Zion. Uh, but here's my question. If a man said this about a woman, I think that man yeah. would be canceled. But I don't think she will be because she's a woman and I'm going to play for you what she said and you tell me whether or not this would be okay if it came from a man. You ready? Okay. Here we go. Here's some advice, Zion Williamson, since you <laughs> want to send your publicist to talk about me every other freaking week. How about you get on a treadmill, speed three, level 12 and maybe you'll lose some weight and go on it for like an hour or two second how about you stop drinking sodas three how about you practice doing three pointers everybody's tired of seeing you do dunks all freaking day learn another move it's getting boring and tired you're tired and boring just like how you were in bed 
Okay. Oh, my God. If that was reversed, if Zion said that about her and posted yeah. it publicly, wouldn't there be repercussions? Oh, 100%, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a sort of, like, men don't talk about women's appearance. You're not supposed to, right, at least. Right, right. Um, this is a long story between these two. I, I, listen, I'm going to go. This is. I remember being at the finals when she was really going in on him. Right. This was. Right. This was. I think he had a gender reveal for this baby that he was having with another woman. Correct. And this this woman. I I, I know too much about this. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know me. I, I love every I real housewives gossip. Yeah. Okay. So. Like, so she basically did the calendar of like when she had been with Zion and like I guess there was a time they were supposed to get together but she had some kind of health setback and that so apparently this is she did the like calendar of like when the other woman must have gotten pregnant right and it was like right during the time when they were supposed to get together but she had to cancel because she had like some kind of health issue she goes oh god you I was in the hospital so you went and had a baby with another woman I mean it was really intense and I remember I kind of heard about it, and Brian Windhorst and I were talking about it. I'm like, are you seeing this stuff with Zion? Like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? And he goes, have you watched the videos, and have you followed this woman on Twitter? And I go, no, I haven't. i just been hearing about it. And he goes, okay, if you watch it, just make sure you're not in a place where anybody sees that you're doing it, and be really careful not to accidentally Why? like it. Why, it was, it. like, super graphic? Yeah, oh, okay. it really was. Like, so I'm sitting there in Miami watching the finals game, and it was like, halftime or something and I go okay I'm gonna go down this rabbit hole and I start scrolling through and I'm like being really careful not to accidentally like something <laughs> I was like what did I just watch like this is unbelievable just, just right. the whole history of their relationship like way too much information I don't want I don't want to know all of it but you also can't look away and you kinda... right because it's gossipy and it's oh, fun oh my but, gosh but like, have if he would have done what she just oh, yeah. did it, no. would, it would have been terrible, right? I mean, terrible. Would, people would be you all over. You can't talk him. about a woman's weight. You just, yeah. it's just one but, of those things. But if, but if it's a guy, it's okay. I mean, I don't know. I, it just... I, you know, and I feel bad for him because this is what everybody just says about it. Yeah. This is what he. This is going to follow him. I mean, even Shaq was saying this about him. Barkley. I mean, those guys aren't in really position to talk. You know. Um, but I think it's. I. He, he's the number one pick, and it's it's not. You know, that that is just the bright light shine on you in a different kind of way when you're the number one pick. If you, you had are... a choice right now and you know everything you know about both players, mm -hmm. would you want Zion or Ja Morant moving forward? If you had to pick um, between the two. Neither. I want Halliburton. He but, was in the same draft, right? right? But if, what? okay, your choice is box A not the same, with yeah. Zion and box B with Ja. You have to take one of the two. Which one are you taking? <sighs> Because you can't trust Jaw. Ja. I'll take Jaw. You, you think he's been scared straight? Yeah, but I also would have. I mean, I think the way it's probably the way it's gone didn't have to go that way. If he was yeah. in, like, what? Let's say Jaw got drafted, and I, and this is not to criticize the Grizzlies or Zach Kleiman, who I think is a great general manager or anybody, but he was he just got a lot coming at him real fast. But he also was very close to where he grew up. So he has a lot of people that he grew up yeah, around Yeah, a lot of his him, boys are now Right, there. a lot of the guys. I mean, he's in Memphis, and he grew up in South Carolina. I think it's just a few hours' drive. Like, it's not. I think, let's say Ja was drafted by the Utah Jazz. Completely different career. 
Yeah. I think a You're completely right. different. Like, let's say Jaw was drafted by the. If they would have got him up out of that element, he might yeah, have been. Yeah, you know, yeah. just away from everything. Like, you know, when Lonzo was here in L.A., it was it was so close to his dad and all the hoopla at UCLA and all that. But then when he went to New Orleans, like you didn't hear anything. Yeah, like he was just Lonzo, just a now, guy. You know, and yeah. so I think, I think sometimes a situation matters, context matters, like who you're around matters. Like, some people follow you wherever you go, but I think if he was in a small market way far on the other country uh, the other side of the country from where he he grew up and everyone around him i think it would have been very different all right coming up next do you have any weird food quirks things that you do that um, i do too um dan orlovsky from espn has a really good one and uh, we'll get into that next mason in ireland momo in for mace espn la All right, we got a What's Up Fool coming up in about 10 minutes. Brian will get in here. Laurel will get in here. We'll, uh, they'll throw a bunch of stuff at us. In the meantime, so I was reading this story, and I thought, this reminds me a little of me and a little bit of Michael. All right. Um, Dan Orlovsky, who works for ESPN, has some really weird eating habits. <laughs> he does. Okay? Like, I do too, but, I mean, his his are a little more extreme than mine. Um he is um, a notoriously picky eater, and um, he. There was somebody doing a GQ article on him, and and uh, oh wow! And mean they interviewed Mina Kimes, and Mina says. He, they asked Mina to describe Orlovsky's diet because she's around him all the time. <laughs> yeah. Mina said it's really like tan food. He only eats the color tan. We were at a party in Kansas City for the draft. There was a buffet situation. I watched him grab five fruit tarts and scoop the fruit out of all of them. I've never seen anything like it. Wow. Um, (laughs) She says, I've seen him go to Chipotle and get four burrito bowls to last him all weekends. The ingredients... Double chicken and cheese. That's it. Because those things are tan. Tan. Um, like, I have some quirks, but nothing like that's this. Really weird. Yeah, nothing this weird. Like, for example, I don't like, I love Italian food. Yeah. And I love tomato sauce. I love red sauce. I don't like tomatoes. If you give me a sandwich and there were tomatoes on the sandwich, okay. I, would, I would take them off. Is it a texture thing? Put, Is it yeah, with seeds? If you put tomatoes in my salad, I take them out. Okay. I won't eat raw chicken. Like, my wife yeah. and my mom and everybody thinks I'm crazy because they all love that stuff. Right. But I don't. Do you have any weird food quirks like um, that? Um, just call me Don Mattingly. I put ketchup on everything. Oh, you and Michael? Yeah, I'm like a ketchup person. Um, I put ketchup on my macaroni and cheese. I put ketchup on my eggs. I, I just, I like ketchup. Um, Michael puts ketchup on steak. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I Laura, would do that. Laura, how about you? You got any weird food quirks? I, <laughs> uh, I don't. Okay, so I don't like for especially for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, I can't do like my syrup touching certain foods. Oh, um, like that's weird. Well, there are a lot me. of people that don't like any parts. They don't. They want their food compartmentalized. They yeah. don't want their food touching any other part of the plate. Are you that? No, I'm not like that bad. But I, it, it's something about syrup because I love hot sauce. Yeah. So like my eggs and my hash browns, if I have it, uh-huh. have to have hot sauce. So if I have hot sauce, I don't want the syrup touching it. But other than that, I'm not like a huge picky eater. I'm just like. 
like you know? my son's Good. a very picky eater. Like he likes yeah. basic stuff, and if you if you try and go like wait, like he doesn't like putting sauce or condiments on anything. There's a guy in New York, Michael K. He's the yep. Yankee announcer. Yep. Who says he's never had a condiment? I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't believe that either. Do you believe that Al Michaels has never had a vegetable? No, I don't believe that. Either. Either. He no. swears it's true. I mean, Michelle Tafoya. Michelle Tafoya told me once because she was the yeah, Saturday reporter. That's her thing. Yeah. Um, that she tried to slip him a vegetable once, like put it on his plate when he wasn't looking, and he sniffed it out. What? Yeah, like he's never well, ever had a vegetable. Even Mason as a child? doesn't believe it either. No, I don't, I don't believe, believe it. it. There somewhere, Laura, you can find it. We have sound of of him explaining this, and and he maintains to this day that he's never had. Brian, how about you? Are you a picky eater? Uh, not too picky. I'm kind of with you. That's tomatoes. Like I love ketchup and you know ketchup on burgers and everything. But if a tomato's on a burger or a sandwich, I'm taking it off. Same with the salad. One thing though that I like, which is kind of weird, people, you know, I haven't seen too many people do it, and the ones I've told, they're like, oh, you're weird. Yeah. Is peanut butter on a hamburger? I had it one time in what? San Diego. Yeah, gross, one time gross. I had it at a place. And now I have every- never heard <laughs> of that ever. It's yeah, pretty it's good. Weird. You know, have slap you it on the bun. Have you ever heard of that peanut no. butter on a hamburger? No. It's good. You know, like I like. It's weird. Like, but it's some good. people think it's weird to put pineapple in pizza. I like pineapple. Oh, I, I love like it. That. I, I like that. Too. I love it. I, don't, I, I so you good. know, I, I guess I'm just. I'm s- the only thing that I have real problem. I don't. I don't like super spicy. I can't do all the like hot hot buffalo wings. Like that really grosses me out. Um, I don't like slimy food. Like you don't like oysters? No. Um, I can do it, but I don't want to. Um, like it's just not a like I, people pay lots of money for that, and I'm like, nope. Like I went to Whole Foods the other day, and some dude was eating a plate of oysters, and I was like, is this where you go to do that? Like you go get oysters at Whole Foods, <laughs> like at the like the grocery counter, and you just sit. There. I, I don't know. Um, it it's Ugh. I. Food quirks don't bother me. Like, yeah. I, like it's people say, well, like, how could you ever do that? That's like, like I, I find it strange. Sometimes Michael will will travel with a ketchup bottle, a little mini ketchup that. bottle, like you get on an airplane. Yeah, I get it. And the reason he does that is we've been to steakhouses. We eat a lot together on the road, and we've been to steakhouses where Michael will ask for ketchup, and the the chef will be offended, and he goes, no, 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 you can't have ketchup. That's a that's a seventy dollars steak, and Michael yeah. goes, yeah, I know, I want ketchup. Yeah, and they won't it. give it to him, so he just breaks it out of his coat pocket yeah, and whatever. You know. Ketchup on steak. When I was little, that was my jam. Like I, I, totally I would cut get it that. in little. Oh, pieces. Michael does it now. Michael does it <laughs> however old he is now. Child. Yeah, Michael. Yeah. I mean, I just think that like you reach childlike. this stage in your life sometimes where you just truly don't care. Yeah, like what anybody thinks. Michael's just like I'm doing what I'm doing. He's the greatest. He's you just, know? he's <laughs> just one absolute one of a kind. Yeah. Uh, my my favorite part of my job. <laughs> is that I get to do it with him. Yeah, he's the greatest. He makes it so fun and so interesting. And it, it and watching the dynamic between him and Roman, his grandson, yeah. has, oh has like completely energized me. I I uh I make him send me yeah. any videos he has <laughs> of Roman and he'll he'll send me these videos and I'll watch them for they're just so funny and great. Yeah. And it's Did like you see they're the one like with the, the little car that he got yeah, with he got his a, glasses. He got a, oh my he god. He got a tiny Jeep. Or like a, a tiny Mercedes, Mercedes yeah. you know, like yeah. like the little kid yeah. Mercedes, but it's battery powered. And so Roman's, he's two. He's driving mm-hmm. this thing down the street with his sunglasses on upside down like yeah. he's Joe Cool. It's the greatest. He's so cute. Um, yeah, it, it is. Um, and, and by the way, like 
Michael's like the most generous guy ever. Like he'll go out, we'll go out to dinner all the time. He won't let anyone else pay. He, I, yeah. I sent you, he did a toast for everybody. Oh, yeah, let me look. Everybody is just busting up laughing. And I mean, just, um, he's, uh, I, I'm, I was a little bummed out that uh, Pepe and Michael both came up to me at the game last night and they said, okay, we're coming in Thursday. We're all excited and we don't have a show. So we got to wait till uh, yeah. we got to wait till 2024 to get uh, Michael and Pepe back in here, but uh, but they will uh, be joining I us think shortly. Th- here's what I don't. Know, here's what I'm very happy about. Michael is not in the fill-in host of the year. Like yeah, you'll win. Vote if Michael ever gets in that. I, that's the that's the guy I lose to. Um, yo, he's he's immensely popular. <laughs> if they put him in host of the year, he would oh he win. would win. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. And you know the funny thing is, like Greg tries to manage him. Yeah. And I've been working with Greg, and finally, so funny. finally, Greg came to me like a month ago and goes, "Okay, I get it now. Michael has no filter, and people don't care what he says. It, nobody cares. Like every time Mm-mm, Michael would yeah. say something, Greg would go, "That's going to get you in trouble. Stop doing that." Like Michael would do, I know. would do Pepe's voice. I to know Pepe. It doesn't matter. People love Michael. It doesn't matter. He could do anything. I know. It's like Barkley. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's like a great. Barkley. That's a great yeah. comp. All right, coming up next, what's up, fool? We'll get uh, Brian in here. We'll get Laura in here. They got a whole bunch of stuff to throw at us. Um, and at the top of the hour, at three o'clock, I'm uh, I'm going to tell you why one of my favorite people on ESPN is dead wrong. Uh, but that's oh, I love up it when you do at that. three o'clock. Um, in the meantime, I want to tell you about my secret weapon to staying active. It's called iSpot Active. It's wearable cryotherapy that has replaced my cryo chamber that used to cost me 50 bucks every time I went. iSpot Active makes form-fitting compression wear with custom-sized pockets that fit flexible gel packs that fit around your sore joints and problem area. If you're active, if you play tennis, pickleball, golf, soccer, basketball, football, if you're a runner, put this in your arsenal. And you can do what you love every day. It's a great holiday gift for somebody. If you miss somebody for Christmas and you, you, you said, God, I wish I would have done something for that person, go to that website, ispodactive.com. There's a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't like it or if the person you buy it for doesn't like it for any reason, you get all your money back. You probably won't send it back, though. Everybody I've turned on to this stuff loves it. Inventory's going fast, so get yours today at ispodactive.com. You'll see that Hall of Famer James Worthy swears by this stuff. If you use our coupon code LA710, LA710 in the coupon code box, you get 20% off till the end of the year. So four more days, five more days now of that 20% off if you use LA710. Everybody I've turned on to this absolutely loves it. Get yours today at icebodactive.com. That's I-C-E-B-O-D active.com. Well, corporate Greg is not here, but I will take it <laughs> take away. Take it away, Laura. <laughs> Thanks, John. So I actually, um, I was telling the boys back here that I had a little dilemma yesterday. It was Christmas Day. I never have to go to a grocery store on Christmas Day. I always do everything I need to do before. Right, and, which is one of the busiest days of the year at grocery stores, right. the 24th. So I went, I had friends, I was going to have friends over yesterday for like Cocoa Bombs and Christmas movies and yeah. things like that. After everybody did their, you know, situation with their families. Well, I didn't have milk. I don't really drink milk, but you need that. Right. And finding a grocery store that was open around 7 p.m. was the biggest hassle of my life. No kidding. No grocery stores. We were in Anaheim, uh, close to my boyfriend's sister's house. We went, I think, to CVS, four Walgreens, a Mexican market called Super, and Alverson's and Avon's. Wow. None of them were open. And I started thinking... 
it's great for the person that's not working because they're with their families. But what about the person that doesn't celebrate Christmas? I know. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, it, welcome to being I never, Jewish. I never knew that, by the way. I never knew that most grocery stores were closed on Christmas <laughs> yeah, Day. Yeah, I, I think thought they were all new. open for a certain amount of hours. So they, they're open during the day. And then Christmas dinner seems to be that everybody lets their employees go home at like 3 o'clock or mm-hmm. something. Like The only people working on Christmas night or whatever it is are people who work at the movie theater. <laughs> Those are always open. People work, uh, you know, like I'm Jewish, so we celebrated Christmas, but not the way that most people do. We just kind of like did some presents a little bit. Um, but there was this idea of like a big Christmas dinner that was never a thing for us. Like, right. so like, you know, there's a, like most Jews like hang out, we like order takeout from whatever restaurant is open. Like there's just, mm-hmm. there's nowhere to go out to eat. Most restaurants are closed. Like the markets are closed. And it, Whatever you gotta get, you gotta get it before about three p.m. That's that's a that's a thing on Christmas. Yeah, I didn't know that. Didn't know that. <laughs> I did. Know you do that. now. I do now. Yeah. Forty-five minutes later, guys. <laughs> What's that, fool? All right, guys. So we know it's been documented that Calvin Johnson and the Lions have had a uh, you know yes. pretty back and forth relationship tenuous relationship right. for sure. So the Lions clinched it, you know the playoff spot or the yep. won the division first time in thirty years. And Calvin Johnson finally responded to the Lions on Twitter, oh. a three-and-a-half-year-old post of congratulating him into the Hall of Fame, finally said congratulations after they won. So my question to you guys is, is there a grudge that have you held, you know, that long over something about, you know, something at work or something just relationship-wise that you would hold on to a grudge and then finally years later you would apologize uh. for it? I'm, I'm not a grudge guy, but Mason is. Yeah, he is. Mason proudly holds grudges he if he mason tends to see the world he's a little better now that he's older but he tends to see the world in Mm -hmm. black and white you're either with him or against him right and if you're against him he just if you hate him he'll hate you back twice as much and uh i'm i I don't like to use headspace on negative stuff yeah me too so i tend to if somebody doesn't like me i just let it go yeah me too. i just say it's one-sided i don't have anything against anybody but um i so i'm probably if i wish mason was here for this question because he would he would rattle off about six people he can't stand um i have one you have one (laughs) not just one person but like it's a group okay so when i was first coming up at the i was at the la daily news and i got sent out to uh, cover the Dodgers. I was filling in for our beat writer. His name right. was Tony Jackson, which is typical in if you're a young reporter. Yeah, you get you do a lot of pinch hitting. Yeah, it was yeah. pinch hitting. So for me, it was like the greatest thing in the world to get to cover spring sure. training of the Dodgers, especially like, at that stage of your career. Oh my god, I was so excited, and I had no idea what I was doing. I I booked a hotel way across town from the facility. I had to drive every morning. I I didn't know what I, what time do you get there? How do you do this? Like everything else like covering a game I had done before, but I had no idea the timing and the rhythms of spring training. And I, and I also I don't know, you probably noticed I talk a lot. Really? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm I, I I don't have that problem. <laughs> So I'm there and I'm like kind of nervous and I'm young and hungry and I'm like, everybody tell me what to do. And I'm happy to be out there and I'm just like perky little Momo, you know, and and you know, baseball reporters, right? Yes, they're 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 very um, stodgy, for lack of a better term. It was like oil and water. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was like 
just absolute total rejection. Like they just, the only guy who was nice to me was Dylan Hernandez. I still, to this day, have a soft spot in my heart for right. Dylan Hernandez. Who's he, now a columnist he, like, at the One LA time Times. invited me to lunch. He was like, yeah. we should grab lunch while you're out here. I was like, thank you so much for being nice to me. Because I was like a little weirdo running around being like, where do I go? And I was trying to talk to everyone. And couple, I will not name who said some mean things, but I heard some things, right? Um, <laughs> I heard some things. And you've, of, you've held a grudge ever since. Ever since. And, okay. And if you ever want to get me fired up, if you ever, like, there is a sort of unwritten thing that you don't, like, now that I'm a basketball writer, right. you don't go into other reporters' territory and try to break news. Yeah. But for years afterwards, you, if tri- I you could, tried. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I did. <laughs> and when I did, I enjoyed I it love immensely. That. Like, I love when that. I, like, Clayton Kershaw, when he signed his first big contract extension, I was like, yeah. I'm breaking that. Okay. Good. And I did. And I was like, and everybody was like, what are you, like Doc Rivers was coaching the Clippers at the time. He's like, what are you doing breaking baseball news? I was like, it's a long story. Yeah. But there's the background. But there was the from, background. From, uh, I mean, how- it was like, there were tears on my end. And okay, so Good. Like, be- I'm because, glad you, I'm- like, when you get me that fired up and when you were mean to me like that, like, mm. What's that, fool? Years, years. I think I've let it go now. No, maybe I haven't. No, you, uh, have, no, not. you have not. <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. It's still there. Uh, yeah. You're a cancer, huh, Momo? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just saying. No, we do astrology okay. talk on the yeah, show when Laura's here. And yeah, 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 we here. do. Okay, so we know <laughs> that this show in particular loves the sphere. Yeah. Yes. And I was- A friend of mine was at the sphere last yeah. night. I haven't heard from him yet. Oh, he had a good time then? Yeah. He was there on Christmas night? <laughs> so, uh, initially, Miley Cyrus was up to do a residency at the Sphere, but the money wasn't quite there. But apparently, now they went back to her, and she might be starting a residency there. I don't know how I feel about Miley Cyrus on the Sphere. And the other names that have been thrown out there are Beyonce, Harry Styles, Lady Gaga, and Bon Jovi. Out I have of- a lot to say here. I have a lot yeah, to I say. Yeah, I do too. Okay, so out okay. of those... Artists, Beyonce, Harry Styles, Lady Gaga, Bon Jovi, or Miley Cyrus. Who would actually give you a great concert? Well, I think well, the, the answer, answer is Beyonce. Beyonce. Yeah. But, but, but Gaga would me, be great, too. Me, I think so. Laura, let me tell you this. As, Pink could rock it. As you know, uh, because we talk about it incessantly, yeah. Mason and I have a friend who works at Saturday Night Live. A guy named Jeffrey Blake. Really good dude. He gets us in whenever we want to go back there and see it. He's one of the talent producers. And... Jeff told me that they don't like Miley Cyrus at SNL. They love her. Yeah. They say mm-hmm. that she is sick talented, Yeah, that you can ask her to do anything. You can ask her to sing any song, do any song. You could have like a four-minute hole in the show, and they'll go, Miley, uh, this skit fell out. We, we have none. She goes, give me the mic. And she'll go, oh. like, apparently she's freakishly talented yeah. and puts on – uh, according to my all our friends at right. SNL, puts on an incredible show. So much so that when they did the 50th anniversary of SNL, wow, they asked her to come be That's the musical awesome. guest. Wow, and so, so so she's she's more well liked in the industry, maybe Laura, than than she would be outside the okay. industry. But um, huh. and, and I'll say this, yeah, huh. the sphere is so unique and so cool that any of those bands would be you'd be happy to see him there but if you ask me to like rank them or pick one mm-hmm. i'd pick beyonce one and i think harry styles would be fine i think bon jovi would be fine um yeah. but i i would go see miley cyrus at the sphere just mm. to so know, i will it. say this 
I think, and I have not been to the sphere yet. I just, I, I know people who have. I can't and wait I've to seen you all go. the videos. Yeah, and I can't all that. wait. Um, I kind of think that it t- you have to have somebody who has enough confidence in themselves and what they do not to be afraid of how cool the sphere is like not to be eclipsed by the special effects of the sphere right like if you had somebody who was just like a great singer but not a great showman or not a great performer like like I went and saw the band The Cars once. They just yeah. stand there and play music. Right. They don't really they engage do with the audience. Like right. you, you have to have somebody like Gaga who is she'd be great. Y- yeah. she, who would just come up with like the really? sphere has to be able you the, you have to be bigger than the sphere. Like it can't just be about the music. You have to put on a show, and so all of these like I think Beyonce would absolutely own that, rock that, amazing. Rihanna, uh, has Rihanna has that. Show. You got to have that showmanship. Um, you know, right now, who is the best singer and who had the first residency in Vegas? Celine Dion. I don't know if she's a sphere person. Yeah, same thing with Adele. Adele's like freaky talented, Amazing. but I'm not sure that yeah. she fits the sphere. Pink's, pink Pink would like, be perfect. Yeah, oh, that's a great yeah, idea. Bruno Mars could pull that off. Yeah. Great but idea. But it's got to be somebody who could really do all, all of right. that. I never do this, Laura. Yeah. But I'm telling you, if you're listening, trust me on this. I, I, I don't get paid by the sphere. Yeah. I, I do, they don't have a deal. They're not an advertiser for us. It's the most amazing show I've ever been to. It wow. changed my opinion of what concerts and live musical wow. performances wow. should be. Wow. It is that over-the-top impressive. You know, now Mason's gone, Sedano's gone, Cappy's gone, and mm-hmm. I've gone, and all four of us would tell you the same thing. Yeah. If you ever get the chance to go, do not pass it up and i don't care laura if it's to see a famous band like you too mm-hmm. or like darren aronofsky has a movie there right oh, now that's cool um oh, it's cool. the building that you want to see the building okay. is un friggin believable it, and i know it's expensive and i know it's pricey but i did just as an experiment you know i went when we were there in spring training not spring training but uh yeah pre-season, pre-season in october is when bill mcdonald and i went to see you too and so when we went back for the in-season tournament, I just as an experiment, because I was staying yeah. right next to the sphere, as an experiment, I opened up the Game Time app, which which you can buy uh-huh. tickets right mm-hmm. up until the thing. And right before the show started, if you are willing to go by yourself or if you're willing to like play the waiting game, you can get in for under two hundred bucks. Wow! Oh, cool. And uh, you know the tickets before that were going for like a thousand. Yeah. So if you're willing to play that game, that's another way to get in. Nice. All right, we get time for one more, Brian. Yeah, you want to do one more? Yeah, let's What's do one that, more. Fruit? So I saw this story uh, yesterday that three in ten Americans, three out of every ten Americans, are suffering from what people are calling menu anxiety, from menus being too big and then having regret post-ordering. So my question to you guys is, does this ever happen to you going out to eat? I'm like- just going to stop you right here <laughs> and say we need to end this segment because I don't have any patience for people with menu anxiety. <laughs> Why not? There are real things going on in this world. And That's you a good just, question. What are and you just what are you need to pick about? something and go with it. It's no, no big deal. Like, like literally, you okay, so you ordered wrong and you regret it, so go back and do it different next time. It's okay. There's like real problems in the world and this should not be one of those things. <laughs> Wait a minute. What was the name of that? What was the name of that deli that went out of business that was right next to the Beverly Center? But it was a chain. It was a very oh. famous deli. Factors? Um, no. no, 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 no. It was a. It, it wasn't. Oh, I know what you're deli. talking about. I a, know. It was just these delis that were all over the city. There was one in Sherman Oaks, right? Jerry's famous deli. Yes. Yeah. You ever remember the menu? Yeah, there? I do. It took a week to read that menu. <laughs> I know it does. And so it, what? What do you it's mean? It's okay. So what? 
Like, whatever, you order something, and then you're like, oh, I didn't know they had that. Okay. Okay, you know what my issue is now with, uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. with menus? Come on now. I'm, I I can't see anymore. Like, I need, I, I need glasses, yeah. but I refuse to admit I need glasses. So no. when I go out to dinner, I won't take my glasses, and I can't read any of these menus. So I'm that idiot who puts his phone oh. on uh, magnify and turns nice. the light on. Shanker, that's what I want. Shanker and oatmeal and addiction tapioca pudding would be good. You could there. also just totally ask yeah. the waiter what's good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but then if they steer you the wrong I way, know. you get mad at the waiter. Then you get just... mad, and and it's okay. You blame them. Look, listen. Uh. This is something I say to my five year old. Is this a th- is this something that is this a big thing to get upset about or a little thing? Well, they're all little things. They're but... all little things. There's big things in the world to get upset about. This ain't <laughs> one of them. Come on, people. All right, that's it for what's up. We need cool. some life skills. Um, all right, coming up next. <laughs> oh, some resiliency. Speaking of life skills, I want to ask you about this eat, pray, love trip you took on your friggin' I might be Instagram. having a midlife crisis. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you clearly are. Uh, we'll get into that. And um, there's somebody at ESPN. That I really like. I've never asked you about this person, okay. but I know that you know her. Okay. And you have worked with her. I really oh, like her. Oh, I think I know and where you're I going. I can't disagree with her more about okay, a wait. take she had and the other day. And we need a musical accompaniment to this to this conversation, and I will tell Laura when we come back. Okay. Um, <laughs> two hours down, one more to go. Mason in Ireland, Momo in for Mace, ESPN LA. It's about to get